You're listening to The Fashion Detour, a show that provides insights into the minds of creatives within the fashion industry. My name is Michal Goldfein, and I'm sitting down with the creators to talk about their processes, their inspirations, and lessons they've learned along the way. week. I'm very excited because I have a special guest. Her name is Gitzel Rosenzweig and she is the owner and operator of Gitzel's Wigs. How are you? Hi, good. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Well, I'm sure we're all we're all really I'm curious to know and everybody out there is curious to know what inspired you to become a wig stylist and a shaitelmacher. So, um, it's not really a very long story. I was that teenager in high school who, like, you know, loved, I, I loved hair and I loved cooking. And um, it was either one or the other. And my parents were very into education. So um, you really cannot get a college degree doing hair. So um, I chose uh, cooking, baking, uh, cake decorating, um, and I was studying hospitality management for a while. And um, and then um, when I was in the middle of getting divorced, um, and and the divorce played a very big role in being a shape of and I can explain that, you know, a different time. But um, when I was in the middle of getting divorced, the first job that I fell into was in hair, and uh, it was in wigs, and I've been in it ever since. Um, and I, I've, I've told people on other podcasts, on business podcasts, and, and, and in blogs and posts, all over the place. It's um, it's a very common business for independent women, for single women, for single moms to get into um, because you can do the business at any level that you want. You could do just wash and sets or you could sell and you could this and you could that. You could color, you could, you know, cut. And so what drew me in permanently was the fact that I was able to make my business my hours and make my business my own. And and loving hair all along just never went away. Wow. And do you feel like there's a, there's a certain type of creativity that you're able to use? I mean, obviously, you're very creative because if you, you come from that, you know, where you were working with food and, and cooking, do you feel like it lends itself to both, like that type of creativity? So, you know, it's funny that you say that because people tell me all the time, you know, that I have golden hands or that I'm so creative or that I have such vision. And um, I don't know how well this is going to go over in a fashion podcast, but um, (laughs) I'm actually not the creative sister. I have a sister who went to FIT and who she's the creative sister and she sews and she does alterations on gowns and she makes stuff from scratch and she was always able to draw and I never was. Um, I'm not the creative sister. I'm a very technical mind. And um, for me, what I do actually is very technical. I, I see cuts in terms of angles and percentages and density um, and, and stuff like that. I don't, I don't actually see wigs. I mean, now I can look at something that's unfinished and see a finished product and visualize a finished product. So, yes, I do have a certain ability to visualize certain things. 
but I'm actually a very technical person. And um, you'll, you could learn that about me if we start talking about dyes and I just go running off on a tangent about like the chemical and the science and all of that. You'll see what a nerd I am. I really, I'm not, actually not a creative person. I'm a very technical person. So that's definitely something I never knew about you. <laughs> right. It's, it's something it's, that people find surprising, but then when you see me in action, it actually makes sense. Like, you know, when I'm working with you, on you, it actually makes sense. You're like the wig doctor, you know, you know, very precise. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> something like that. So when your clients come to you, how do you assess what, what's the best, you know, what, what kind of wig is best for them in terms of style and cut? So that's such a good question um, because... You know, I don't know that anybody's really ever asked me, like, how do you decide what a client should be in? Because um, I'll, I'll, I'll go off it a little on a tangent first, and I'll tell you, I very often, I don't see myself, and people ask me all the time, I don't see myself as a salesperson. I see myself as a shadchan. I see myself as a matchmaker. I see myself as um, always putting together, always trying to put together people with the best match for them. So how do I go about finding the right match for a person? Part of the, I actually do, I conduct like an interview process before I conduct a consultation where I don't have people just come in and pick something off the shelf. I try to get in pieces that will work for them so that when they come in, I have exactly what they're looking for. And how I do that is I first start by asking people not what color length and style they're looking for. I ask people for pictures. I ask people to show me what their own hair, especially for a kala, for a bride who's getting married and who's never worn a wig before. And even for people who have been married for 20 years and have never had a wig that they were happy with, I'll often ask people to send me pictures of their hair when they were single, of their wigs that they've been wearing for the last 20 years. Of, and, and what people send you, the pictures that people send you, say a lot about how they want to look. And I ask them not just to send me pictures of themselves dressed up, but to send me pictures of themselves dressed down also. But what people see in pictures, and by the way, Whenever somebody sends you a picture, they'll be like, oh, don't mind my face that I'm making here or don't mind the expression that I'm making there. And that says a lot about how people see themselves in their also. And I try to take that all into account. It's very psychological. It's amazing, that whole process. I really would never think, you know, to, you know, you really are digging deep of, about, you know, just it's like, and it's, it's really telling their, you know, their whole story, their personality, you know. What I really try to get into people's heads, yeah. I really try to get into what people see in there. I have a theory that everybody has in their life a best picture of themselves. Um, my best picture, you know, the picture that, like, I got of myself that I always felt, oh, I'm so sorry, there's notifications in the background on my phone. I don't hear anything. Off. You're good. Okay, I good. don't hear a thing. Good, good, good. Um, let me see. I think I shut it off now. Um, I always tell people I got distracted. <laughs> you were saying about um, that you have this, your favorite picture of yourself. Right. Okay, yes. I have a theory that everybody has a favorite picture of themselves. Mine is from my brother's wedding. You know, that one picture in your life that came out like amazing and that came out exactly the picture of what you see in your head. And when you walk down the street and your wind and the wind blows your hair in your eyes and you brush it out with your left hand or your right hand or you or you sweep it this way or you or you flick it that way, 
that in your head, that flick, that motion made you look a certain way. And then when you pass by like your reflection in a car door or like a car mirror and or, or a storefront and you see what that flick of the hand did and you're like surprised that like it doesn't look anything like that, I feel like people have a picture in their head of how they look. And sometimes when they're sitting in front of a mirror, sitting in a chair, sitting, you know, seeing themselves in the storefront, they're not seeing what they thought they were going to see. And I feel like it's partially my job to get into their head and figure out what that picture is and how what I put on their head affects whether or not they see that image. So do you want them to... Do you want the picture that they have in their head of themselves that should be what they see when they wear the wig? Is that what you're is that what you mean? Sometimes and sometimes the picture that they see of themselves is not what they want to look like and and it's my job to get to the bottom of that also. Like I said, it's very psychological. Sometimes you can't get to the bottom of every, you know, of every problem of every psychological problem of everybody's personal self-image. But I do think that whatever you put on somebody's head is definitely going to contribute to or change that self-image. And I think that you have to keep that in mind when you're selling somebody a product. If somebody's paying a couple thousand dollars for the thought that they might look like that picture in their head and then they're not looking like that picture in their head and they're disappointed, they're going to blame you and they're going to feel bad about that money that they laid out. And, you know, it just never pans out well. So I, I feel like it's important to know what people expect when they look in the mirror. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, that's like a heavy burden to carry in terms of you and just – and I think that that's why when I always think, like, oh, my goodness, these shetomachers, they're like – I don't know how they do it because when you're in the service business, it's just – it's very hard to yeah. to make people happy. You know, yeah. sometimes it's people have unrealistic more than expectations. It yeah, it's a service business more than it is a retail business. And that's the part of the service that I take very seriously. It's not always that heavy. Sometimes it's a lot light, a lot more lightweight. You know, sometimes it's like people who like to play with hair. I have one hmm. client who every time she walks in, she says, you're so bad for me. Every time I'm here, I want another one. You know, so it's not always that heavy, but sometimes that's what it carries, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. And in terms of getting uh, a wig, so can you walk me through the process of, you know, what do you do if your client comes in and she says, I want a new wig. So where do you, what are some of the steps that you take? So every stylist has the brands that they carry, and um, I've stuck with um, about five brands that I've been comfortable with. Um, for a pretty long time I've been with these specific five brands because I feel that um, they that they cover a wide range of needs. Um, there's one brand that's really good with blondes and one brand that's really good with being flatter on top and one brand that's really good with being fuller on top, one brand that's better with this shape head, one brand that's better with that shape head. And I try to take all of that into account. Um, obviously, you start with the right color length and style and then you go from there you try on the different brands and see um, if this one suits this head shape better or that one suits that hair thickness better Um, and I I, like I said all the way at the beginning I try to be a matchmaker I try to set people up with what works best for them a lot of times when you find the brand that works for the person 
um, they'll stick with that brand for a long time. Uh, there are certain people who belong in one brand all their lives. I have a sister who has um, been married for 25 years now, and she has worn a specific brand. She's always had one of that brand and another brand on the side. And the other brand on the side was whatever was trending at the time or whatever company I was dealing with more at the time. And she's always had one of brand A and one of brand B, or one of brand A and one of brand C and one of brand A and one of brand D. And she's always worn brand A five days a week and the other one like as a side leg, you know. Um, There are just some people who belong with a certain brand, and, and I try to look for that. There are some people that by personality like to try every different brand every time, you know, or there are some people that by personality need to follow the trend. And I try to figure that out also, you know, like what the person needs for their own needs. You know, like I try to suit everybody's needs, you know, and, and, and like I said, again, it can get deeply psychological and sometimes it can be deeply whimsical. Yeah. And it, it's, but I mean, it's just, it's so much fun. I mean, I just love, you know, how. You well, if play. you're a fun personality, then yes, <laughs> you get to play with different looks all the time. But there are other people who are very serious about their hair and, and need to look a certain way every day. And there are other people who grew up with this fabulous, amazing, flaxen, gorgeous, blonde hair, and nothing will ever look as good as their hair. And, and they'll never be happy covering their hair. It, it, you meet all different types in this business. You really do. I can imagine. And it makes me think of my daughter who has gorgeous blonde hair. And yep. I could just see yep. it. I've seen her hair. That is not going to be an easy one. <laughs> I know. I keep telling her, oh, you need to, you know, cut it and turn it into a wig, whether or not that's, you know, allowed or not allowed, whatever. I'm just Forget allowed know. or not allowed. It's highly impractical. And I could talk you through the whole process. And on a whole different podcast, we could go through all the details. It's a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot of, a lot of work, you know. I, I hear you. I, I, so, so do you, do you make your own custom wigs or it's it's mainly the that you're you're doing the the matchmaking? So, um I have I do okay. I have at certain points in my business made custom wigs and I have at certain points in my business not made them and done more matchmaking. I am currently in a place where I am able to make um custom pieces for a very fair price. Um, that competes with a lot of the other brands. However, it doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't work for all colors. It doesn't work for all textures. It doesn't work for all sizes, et cetera. Um, so, I, I mean, I deal with what's available to me at the time, um, you know, and uh, I used to have really good access to really beautiful hair. And, um, and, and making your own pieces comes with a lot of risk, factored in also and it's always been very difficult it's something that you know like if you have an investment like a large-scale investor or investment of your own to put into it that it becomes less of a loss because like when you're working on a bigger scale you you can have um you know you can have more but when you when you get in certain pieces if it doesn't work for a it's going to work for b um, but so, so custom pieces, you know, are, are a sore subject and a delicate topic sometimes, like, because sometimes it works for my business and sometimes it doesn't work for my business. Um, but again, I, I think that the matchmaking involves being able to make custom pieces also because not everybody fits a mold 
of these pre-made brands. So mm-hmm. I try to be flexible in that respect. And if I'm not making my own brand custom pieces at the time, then maybe I will custom order something through one of the brands that, that does it. So, you know, so I think it's like a very flexible, flowing thing that sometimes changes and sometimes, you know, um, sometimes works with my business model and sometimes doesn't, you know. Right. Definitely according to the needs that your clients right. have. Right. So what do you think is on trend right now for wigs in terms of cut and style? So that's a really good question. And um, I was actually just discussing this with somebody uh, the other day. I find, and I've been doing wigs for, um, yeah, I've been, obviously, I've been um, loving hair since I was 14 years old, you know, or even younger. Um, But I've been working in wigs now uh, for over 23 years. And um, I find that wigs follow what's trending in hair, um, lagging behind about three years, meaning that if what's trending in haircuts right now, if shaggy or haircuts, if um, more definition in layers is going on in haircuts right now, you probably won't see it in the Jewish community's wigs for another three years. And I have theories about why that goes that way, um, but one theory is that, you know, we as a community tend to be a little more on the conservative side, and therefore we we don't pick up on the current, you know, the, the, the latest trends right away. We wait to see, um, you know, how it plays out and wear it in a slightly conservative, a slightly more conservative um, style and a slightly more conservative version until it really, like, floods the community and becomes, like, a real thing that everybody wants blunt cuts or everybody wants this layer or everybody wants this bang. Um, That's one theory. The other theory, I mean, is a little more practical. Wigs don't grow back. So if you do a super trendy cut on your own hair, you know, that's great. It grows back if you hate it three months later or if it doesn't work with your texture, you know. But in wigs, they don't grow back. So And and they're a significantly priced investment. So I find that whatever's trending in hair right now is usually not in wigs yet. So these blunt cuts, I think, is really, um, you know, the hottest aspect. Less layers, more blunt cuts, less um, textured uh, layers, less visible layers is really what's hot in wigs right now. And it's been hot for about a year or two already. And I honestly think that the shaggier haircuts, the shaggier, more pronounced layers that are showing in the hair world right now and are being discussed in the hair world right now are going to make their way into the wig world within the next year or two. Wow. So, you know, if if I want to be a trendsetter, I should get a shaggier wig. (laughs) Right. So because blunt cuts came into style, like, like lots and lots and lots of layers were going on for lots and lots and lots of years. Keep in mind, everything in fashion cycles around, right? Yeah. So these straight cuts with just a little bit of shredded layers up the front, okay? This was in style when I first started in wigs. We're talking 20 years ago. It really was like 19 years ago. Like if I, I usually like can remember what styles I was cutting based on how old my daughter was at the time. So figure about 19 years ago, this is what was hot, like a straight blunt cut with the little layers up the front. 
And then it got more and more and more and more and more layery over the last 19 years until it got to the point where three to five years ago, people started rejecting the layers and wanting less layers and more blunt bottoms, less of that pointed C at the bottom of the back of their head and, and more of a straight line across started coming back into style, like, you know, I would say three, four, five years ago, so that now everybody's wearing these blunt cuts. It's not surprising me that people are starting to go more back towards layers. However, because blunt cuts were so in, people are doing these shaggy layers above a blunter bottom. So you can get, yes, a shaggier cut that's going to be much more trendy that still has a full bottom. And that's like a blend of the of the what's been most current and what's coming up. So I think that it's possible to take some trends and embrace them but still stay a little on the safe side so that you're not over chopping your wig to the point where like if it doesn't take in the wig industry, like you're gonna have to throw a wig in the garbage. So I think that there's something that we can do that would still make you feel trendy, but still be safe enough not to ruin your two thousand dollar wig. Yeah, and definitely, you know, bridge, kind of bridge that gap where there's a balance. Right, exactly, exactly. And because at the end of the day, as much as trends are important, my job as a wig stylist as opposed to a hairstylist is to protect your investment also. And if you buy a wig, I want to make sure that, you know, like I'm, I'm showing you how to maximize the life expectancy of your wig and not just cut it up so that you can't do anything else with it. Definitely. And I mean, what is interesting is that I feel like the world in general is really outside of our religion and culture. The world in general is, you know, welcoming wigs and everyone's like, everyone's wearing wigs. Absolutely. Wigs, extensions, pieces, blends, um, integration. You know, there's so many different models, so many different possibilities. So I think everybody's uh, talking about it, walking, talking the walk, you know, like, and really just they're all over the place now. Yeah. And so in terms of the connection between how someone, you know, feels in their wig and how they look in their wig, you feel there's a connection between that and confidence? Absolutely. Um, and this is something that actually doesn't just apply to fashion and confidence and looks and confidence. This actually, I apply this to religion also. I tell people all the time, I don't, um, what, I don't do what we call past in Shilas. I don't, I don't answer religious-oriented questions. I'm a facilitator. If you want to blend your hair with your wig because that's how you feel comfortable performing this mitzvah, completing this commandment of covering your hair, then that's your personal decision and I'm going to facilitate how you want to do it. And it's the same goes for fashion and style. If you want to be super duper trendy, then I'm going to support that and I'm going to cut accordingly. And if you want to do something super edgy and super, um, you know, risque with your monetary investment, no problem. I'll take out the scissors and go scissor happy on you. But if, and, and, and because I want you to wear it like it's yours. I don't want you to wear my work because it's my work. I want you to wear your wig because it's yours. And I try to, I try to bring that, like, you know, that goes back into the psychology also of it. I try to really bring the psychology into it 
and understand what somebody is really looking for. Um, years ago, years ago, it must have been, I would say, 12 years ago, I caught myself doing something that I always said I wouldn't. Somebody was begging me to cut her a side bang back when side bangs were like just becoming hot. And I said, no, side bangs are a way that other stylists cover up their you know what when they can't figure out how to make your wig fit properly and have the hairline meet your hairline properly. And she kept asking me for side bangs, and I kept saying, no, I'm not going to do that because you don't need it. And I finally realized, well, wait a second. I'm trying to talk her out of wearing her wig the way she wants to wear it, and I'm trying to talk her into doing it my way because I have to prove myself as, as a fitter and as somebody who's savvy about how to make your wig fit. And I was like, wait, no, hold on. This is what you want. This is what I'm going to cut. And I shut up and I did what she wanted. And she was so happy. And it was a very big lesson for me. Like I I went into the business not wanting to talk people into do things my way. I wanted to do things the way that people want it. And I caught myself doing it, you know, like and trying to talk her out of what she really wanted. So I think, you know, like that was a very big lesson for me. Wow. And I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you've grown a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish I knew back then what I know now. But, you know, I'm, I'm also, I'm hitting a certain age where, um, you know, you get to that point in life, like, you know, you know, when you're 20, you're like, oh, I'm so smart now. And I thought I was so smart when I was 15. And then when you're 25, you're like, oh, now I'm really so smart. And I thought I was so smart when I was 20. And then when you get to 30, you're like, oh, now I really know it all, you know, and I'm starting to get to that age where I'm starting to realize I know nothing. (laughs) Oh, boy. I totally hear you on that one. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's, it's so, I thought I was so smart and I thought I've learned so much and I realize now education never stops, you know, and, and you know what I do for fun now, you know what my leisure reading is? Okay. My leisure reading is cosmetology school textbooks. Whoa. (laughs) Because, because I want to make sure that I have it all covered, that like I understand, I fully comprehend the science behind, you know, this, that, or the other thing. Education never stops. Well, you're definitely a big proponent of the education because I know that you post videos and you're constantly trying to teach people just how to take care of their wigs better. And Yeah, I find that there's a lot of information lacking, you know, and, uh, and I feel the need to put it out there because I feel like an informed client becomes a more loyal client. Yeah, and they they know they can trust you also, you know. Yeah. They feel like, yeah. okay, you know, she's giving yeah. so. Yeah. Just because I told you how to take care of your wig by yourself doesn't mean that you're never going to come back to me. It means you're going to trust me that much more with your money for next time. And what is something that many people don't know about wigs? Oh, my gosh, there's so much that people don't <laughs> know about wigs. There's so much that people don't know about wigs. I like to say that there's nothing in wigs that's rocket science. We are not um, astrophysicists, okay? Um, There's nothing about wigs that's not rocket science, but it took me 23 years to get to where I am now, and I know so much more than so many other people in the industry, and I still don't know it all. So I I think like the most crucial piece of information I can give people about their wigs is to keep their eyes and ears open and their mouth shut and just to learn, 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 learn. And to ask if you don't know, because there might be somebody out there who's willing to give you an answer. Yeah. And 
in terms of just, for example, whenever mm. I get a wig curled, I, for the longest time, and even till, even till now, I like, I like that like tight curled look. Okay. And I won't veer from it. I know that the whole, you know, beachy wave, relaxed look is in, but I'm the type that I'll be scared to run my fingers through it. I don't want to ruin the curls. <laughs> so what I do is I just, you know, prop things up underneath the, the wig because, you know, the wig, my wig, some of them are really long. And I find right. that, like, the longer they just, like, dangle off the side of my dresser or whatever, just like, you know, the, the, the curls are dropping. But right. in terms of something like that, are there any, you know, tips or tricks of the trade? So I have a couple tips and tricks. Um, a couple of them are on some of my YouTube videos also. Um, but uh, just to address your uh, your piles of books that must be all over your dressers with your shadow heads, um, you know, what I've told people sometimes is if keeping the curl or the texture is so important to you, actually the best thing you can do is take a long wig and put it on a short head so that you don't have to bother with all the books and everything. You just put it on a shorter head and it'll keep stuff propped up. So that's, you know, one tip and trick. Another tip and trick that I love to tell people is, um, and I'll often draw arrows with a Sharpie onto your styrofoam head exactly where you should position your wig. And to use, utilize um, T-pins, those are the, you know, the shadow pins, and pin curl clips, which is a very old school tool, to keep your bangs, your sweeps, your height, whatever it is, propped up in the right places. Because, and this is one of my favorite tips in the world, your shaitel, your wig, will spend more time on the styrofoam head than it spends on your head. And it'll, like you said, it'll continue drooping when you're not even wearing it. So, and, and we expect our styles to last a month, whereas if you walked into a salon with your own hair, you wouldn't expect it to last more than six to ten hours. So if we're expecting it to last six to ten weeks instead of six to ten hours, then yes, propping it up in place on the styrofoam head is as important as how you wear it on your own head because it'll last longer from where to where if you treat it properly on the head because if you prop it up in place it won't droop yeah and my husband's gonna thank you later for this because, <laughs> because he's just so you, used you to you might it. yeah you might just spend less money redoing your wig all the time absolutely i i mean i have a whole list of tips and tricks like people who want to do heat styling um by themselves like i said I, there's nothing about my business that's rocket science you can take if you've been using a flat iron on your own hair for all these years and now you're getting married, you can use a flat iron on your wig. So I have three tips and tricks to heat styling that I tell people. Number one, it's a fallacy in my opinion, um, and this may be more for wigs than for hair, but it's a fallacy in my opinion that you cannot do any heat styling on wet hair. You should not do heat styling on completely soaking wet hair, and you should not do heat styling on completely dry hair either. So I tell everybody, tiny mist of water, just a really like one spritz from a spray bottle, just to add a little moisture because if the hair is completely dry, then you're going to burn it at 400 degrees. And if the hair is completely wet, then you're going to be cooking it, you're boiling it at 212 degrees, neither of which is good. So the best thing to do is the teeniest, tiny little bit of moisture 
because hair's optimal temperature on your head is 98.6 degrees. So if you're going to be doing any heat styling, I tell everybody, number one, turn down the heat. If you would normally do your hair on 400 degrees, turn it down to 300. And be a little more careful with your wig because it doesn't grow back. Um, and then, And then tip number two is a little bit of moisture. And tip number three is rather pass over a section several times than hold the iron too long in one place and accidentally burn it. So if you turn the heat down a little and have to pass over the section a couple of times, that's still better than holding it in place for too long. So that's like my other, like, you know, coaching, you know, people how to style their own wigs. You need to write a book. So, yeah, people tell me all the time that I need to write a book. And I say to them, which book? My life is so full. So, like, I really don't know where to start. Like, do I write the book about being divorced and running my own business? Or the book about all the crazy clients? Or all the wonderful clients? Or do I write a book about a house full of screaming children? You know, I don't know where to start. So you just have to write one book for each of them. and One at a time. One yeah. at a time. One <laughs> foot in front of the other, right? So what about your favorite hair product? Okay, so that's a very good question. Um, I, um, I do not have a single favorite product. I did recently start carrying a hair care line of products, a professional hair care line of products in my salon. And it used to be that I didn't believe in expensive products. I used to think cheaper is better because on wigs, Um, cheaper means higher water content and higher water content means less residue and residue, residue, residue is like if you read all of my blogs and all of everything I've ever written, it's all about not too much build up, build up, build up because build up equals damage, etc. So I used to believe that cheaper products were better until I met the current product line that I'm carrying, which I love to death and they have like over 600 items so I can't even tell you any one item that's my favorite. But I do have a rule that applies to cheap products, expensive products, anything you ever use on your wig. If you're going to use any styling products whatsoever, styling products are very drying. And so I always tell people to use something that's moisturizing at the same time. So whatever the moisturizing product du jour is because different moisturizing products go through different trends. Like BioSilk used to be like the hot thing that everybody used. Silk therapy, silk serum, frizzies was hot for a while. Um, their their uh, frizz serum, um, coconut oil. So right now Moroccan oil is like the current it trend for moisturizing. You know, and oil and oiling your hair. So I always tell people, if you're going to use a little mousse, a little gel, a little this, a little that, always combine it. Put a couple of drops of Moroccan oil in your hands um, together with whatever mousse gel you're using so that you're, you're not going to completely dry out the hair in the process. That's like my, my top tip and trick. And it doesn't have to be the brand Moroccan oil. It can be argan oil. It can be different brands. Um, I happen to have, you know, uh, a Chi brand Moroccan oil in my salon right now that I stock, you know. So, But really, it doesn't matter. The point is, whatever you're going to do that's potentially going to dry out the hair, moisturize it because it's no longer attached to your head and receiving the natural oils from your head. So that's like my, my absolute number one top of the, you know, ladder of, of uh, products 
recommendations. It's always whatever product you're ever going to use, make sure you're moisturizing with it. Yeah, and I think I have, I don't know if it's a moisturizing one, but it's more of like this uh, spray. It's orange. It's like an orange bottle that you could get it. There's, there's so many different brands. You can get so many different brands. It's like, yeah. you know, you, you can, for every product out there, there's a knockoff. And it, most of the time, it's okay to use the knockoff, you know? And getting back to what you were saying, it's kind of like when you drink coffee, they say to drink like whatever it is. For one cup of coffee, two cups of water, I don't know. Absolutely. So Same similar. thing. Same so, thing. Except except the proportions are different because you don't want to use too much oil. So <laughs> then you're going to look like a grease bomb, you know, like so. But the point is, it, the proportions are different, but it is absolutely the same concept. So I do feel like fashion and hair is definitely intertwined and connected. So what is mm-hmm. your perspective on that? Uh, no question, no question. Hair goes through its own fashion trends, you know. Um, and and for sure, how you wear your hair is so intertwined with what you wear. I was, um, I have a, a family uh, wedding coming up soon, and I was trying on gowns today, and I was going through the racks and thinking sequins. Oh my God, it's going to rip the hair out of my wig, and 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 just everything you put on your body is totally related to fashion. Sometimes from a technical standpoint, um, animal hairs, uh, anything that's wool, uh, angora, um, you know, any any um, organic animal fibers, um, whether it's an actual fur coat, can interact with your wig and make your wig get more knotty because because organic animal fibers have um, have a cuticle and they interfere with the cuticle on your wig so they can make your wig knotty. And, and that's at the, at the technical level, at the non-technical level, fashion definitely has what to do with your hair. Um, you know, when you're trying on gowns, the neckline, when people talk to me about how they're going to wear their wig for a wedding, the neckline of the gown is the first thing I ask about. What does the gown look like? from the chest up because if you have beads up here and you want to draw your hair away from the beads so that you can focus the attention on it, we're going to do one thing. And if you want to, if your gown is really super simple and you want the focus of your of your face and shoulder area to be just hair, then we're going to style it a different way so that the hair is the real focus of your face. And and that's just on a day-to-day basis what you put on and how your hair interacts with what you're wearing. On a on a more global scale, um, there's always different fashions coming in with hair. And um, and 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 I mean, there are those years where like you know certain um, and there are even certain designers that their fashion runway shows the models will always be wearing a very severe ponytail because they don't want to do anything with the hair that's going to draw away from the clothing. So fashion and hair are, are so intertwined in so many different ways, you know, and you can use your hair to express yourself as much as you can use fashion to express yourself. So when, um, so when women with, eth- with ethnic backgrounds are wearing their hair in afros because it's a, a political statement to free your hair and free yourself and free your hair is so expressive. Hair expresses itself even in politics and even in fashion and even in everything. So I, I think that hair and fashion are so intertwined. I, I like I don't. I, you, that's another book we could write a whole other book about hair and fashion right there. Ooh, we should collaborate on that one. 
good. <laughs> you got it. Anytime. You let me know when you're going to sit down and do the writing, and I'll give you the ideas, okay? Perfect, perfect. <laughs> but it's so true. I mean, even, like, just talking about, you know, proportions, and if you're sometimes I'll put on an outfit and I'm like, oh, you know, I think it's, this outfit would look better with my long shake doll and then, or my, my long wig. And then this one looks better with the, with the short one. There's just something right. about it. Yep. Yep. I mean, it definitely what you put on can add to or draw away from or detract or complement what you're wearing. No questions asked. It, it, they're so intertwined. They're so, hair is such a form of expression um, for so many people. Um, I actually had one woman sitting in my chair, and it was a little heartbreaking, you know. Um, she said to me, I said, I said, let's get some of this hair out of your face. And she said, no, no, I'm really not a pretty person. Put some of it back in my face. And I was like, I never had somebody express that to me, that she physically is hiding under her hair. It's so expressive. It says so much what you do with your hair says so much about you and and the ability to change your wig with your outfit it just it, it it's the ultimate form of expression in my opinion you know the people who can go from short to long to dark to light to ombre to highlights to you know solid black a different day that is in my opinion the ultimate form of expression like you probably think about your outfits as your self-expression and me i see hair when you walk down the street, I see hair. That's the first thing I see on anybody. My husband will be like, oh, that person, you know, remember that person that we met that's tall, short, thinny, is skinny, um, fat? And I'm like, no, no, no. What color hair did they have? That's what I saw. And, I mean, I'm definitely seeing that the whole idea about, you know, your hair and it expresses how you feel about yourself and your confidence. I mean, I'm seeing that even with my daughters who are teenagers. And, like, one of them, all of a sudden, she's, like, playing with her hair and, like, oh, mommy, like, even tonight, she said, do you like how I made my hair? And she, like, put it up. And all of a sudden, she's she's kind of, like, putting more into how she presents herself. And it's just, yep. like, one aspect of it. Yep. Yep, it's definitely, and, and it's an aspect that's going to stay with her no matter what outfit she's wearing, you know. It's not going to, she. I mean, she can go ahead and change her hair. She can bleach her hair. She can dye her hair. She can cut her hair. She can miss her hair. She can bat her hair, but still attached to her head. So that is always going to be an aspect of what she sees in the mirror and what people see when they see her. Yeah, and you know, I, I mean, it's 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 amazing that you you get to in a in a way help people feel like their their best self, you know, which is. I try. Listen, I, I, you know, I'm sure I could dig deep and find days that I haven't been so successful and I, you know, and I didn't um, help people see themselves in the best light. Um, but it's definitely, you know, it's a life goal for me to, you know, to help people see themselves the best way, you know. Like that same client that told me that she was trying to hide under her hair, you know, I told her, I said, when we were finished working, I was like, you know, we like seeing your face here, you know, and we hope you come back more so that we can see your face, you know. Yeah. Everybody needs a little bit of that, you know, positive reinforcement. We try. Yeah. We try. Absolutely. We try to be that person, you know. I think it's an office culture here, you know. <laughs> I think that we try um, to, to, to do that for everybody who comes in. So in terms of, you know, hair accessories, now they're, they're mm. making a huge comeback, you know, with the, with the pearl clips and the headbands and the rhinestones. So what, what's your favorite hair accessory? So 
I'm going to answer this question in two parts, okay? Um, my first answer is a straight-up answer. My favorite hair accessory is sunglasses. <laughs> Nothing looks more natural than holding your hair back out of your face with your sunglasses. And so sunglasses are, without a question, my favorite hair accessory. I love using sunglasses to prop my hair out of my face. I, I love it when people do it. I just think it looks so real. More than any headband, more than any accessory that you ever buy that's trending now. Now, my second half of the answer to that question is going to be a little not so fashion friendly, and I hope you don't throw me off of your podcast for this, <laughs> but um, I like to tell people if you're going to a special event, if you're being photographed, if you are preserving memories for a long time, if you're just going to a friend's wedding, taking a selfie, fine, no problem. But if you're going to look back at these pictures in 5, 10, 15 years from now, make sure that whatever accessory that you're wearing is not going to make you look at that picture and say, what the heck was I thinking? You don't want to wear the most trendy accessory to your wedding, to your brother's wedding, to your son's wedding, to your son's bar mitzvah. You don't want to wear the most trending thing to your, I mean, unless you want to look back and say, wow, I was hot because I knew all the trends, okay? But you don't want to wear an accessory that's going to make you look back and say, what was I thinking? So if you've never worn bangs, don't cut bangs before your wedding. If you've um, if you know, I understand the pearl clips and everything. Those triangular um, snap clips are with the pearls on them are so super trendy. But ah, those triangular pearl clips, the, the the triangular shape clip, like that dip clip mm-hmm. that people use for their kippahs, their yarmulkes. Okay, those clips trend back and forth from super trendy to super nerdy, and so. I'm not such a fan of putting pearls on those because, like, pearls also go from being super trendy to super old lady. So I'm a little leery of, like, the big pearl headbands and stuff like that. I I think they're a little too fashion forward to really be anybody's favorite accessory. They're so much fun right now, and everybody's wearing them, and you want to be the first one to put them on. But rethink it if that photograph is supposed to last you a long time. If that photograph is for your Instagram portfolio and it's supposed to make you look trendy, great. But if that photograph is supposed to last 100 years on your wall, rethink it before you put it on. You know, I'm very in, look, I'm not so into accessories. Me, I think hair is your best accessory for your head. I think that everybody looks better in hair. And so, you know, like I, I, I wear hair, I wear a pony wig to the pool because I just feel like even on the days when I have no makeup on and I have no eyeliner on and I have a cold sore and my nose is all red because I have a cold and I look like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I still look better when I put on hair instead of walking out in a hat, a scarf, or anything else. I always feel so much more confident in hair being my accessory, not any other accessory being an accessory. Although, I will give you one more accessory that's trending right now that I'm really, really happy made a comeback. 
scrunchies. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Scrunchies are so gentle on your hair, and they don't crack and break, and they don't cause as much damage as ponytail holders do. And, And rubber bands, oh, my God, those little rubber bands that people put on their little girls, oh, my God, they crack and break hair so much, and they make my heart hurt. When I see moms putting those little rubber bands in their little girl's hair, like their little girls have such fine hair and it doesn't grow and they don't know why. And I'm like, because you're breaking it every day. Scrunchies are so soft. They are such a great accessory. So don't worry. I will not throw you off my podcast. (laughs) You're safe. Um, But, uh, you know, I, I do agree with you that there's just, you know, there's like a time and place. It's kind of like if you, you, it, with a photograph that you're going to, at a, at a simcha or at something mm-hmm. celebratory, like you're going to, you want it, you want that timeless look. Unless, right. unless, like you said, unless it doesn't matter to you. But I do definitely right. understand where you're coming from. So Right. If you want to look back and say, wow, I was on top of every trend, then that's fine. That's a statement that you want to make. But if it's a picture that you want to last on your wall and not look super trendy, because trends are going to come and go. So if you know that that trend is not going to last, be careful about wearing that accessory. So in terms of, let's say, when you are styling someone's wig for a wedding mm-hmm. or things like that, is there something that you do you like to do braids or do you like to do twists? Like what, what kind of styling? Braids like? have been very trendy for a very long time and they're always super helpful. But honestly, again, hair is the best accessory. So the best thing you can do sometimes for uh, for a sophisticated style is to use the hair itself and to, um, you know, how braids are now being done more distressed, you know, where you're taking the, the braid and spreading it out a little more. The hair itself sometimes is the best accessory. And the more you learn to work with and manipulate the hair itself, I want you to know I'm sitting here, we're on the phone, and we're recording, and you can't see me. As I'm talking, I'm spreading out my hands to demonstrate for you how I'm spreading the braid in my head while we're talking about it. Sometimes the hair itself, looping the hair back on itself, smoothing the hair, you know, sometimes the hair itself is the best accessory, and you can build works of art just working with hair without even having to put in a special accessory. Wow. And, I mean, this this, this question's a little out there, but has there okay. ever been a celebrity look that you said you saw it or something you saw in a magazine and you were like, okay, I got to try this one? Like, ah, uh, so, I mean... I'm an old lady, like I've lived through a lot of celebrity looks, you know. Um, so like, you know, when Jennifer Aniston, um, you know, in the first couple of years of Friends had that Rachel haircut, and I say Rachel like with air quotes around it because like everybody had that Rachel haircut, you know. Um, I've done a lot of Rachel haircuts. My own first wig, um, you know, were, were uh, like I got them first, you know, longer and, and sleeker, and then I eventually cut them into that Rachel haircut. I did so many of that Rachel haircut on wigs. Um, I've done a lot of, you know, like when people will ask for bangs, you know, like I'll discuss with them, and really the most popular bangs I've ever cut have always been um, two people actually were the most popular. Somebody once came to me and asked me for Suri Cruz bangs. When Suri Cruz was Tom Cruise's daughter was like, you know, three years old, they wanted that perfect triangular section bang, you know, um, and Reese Witherspoon's bangs, I think, are the two, like, 
top like all time bangs that I've ever you know like most popular bangs that I've ever cut. Um, I'm trying to think of other celebrity cuts that I've done over time. I mean, towards the end of the show Friends, where Jennifer Aniston had like really sleek iron flat hair that was angled forward a little bit, we did a lot of that. Um, I've done so many different celebrity styles over the years. Um, oh my God, Sarah Palin when Whoa. she was right when she was running. Uh, you know, as vice president on the side, uh, you know, uh, who was she even running with? McCain? I don't even remember. But I'm telling you, I was interviewed on Channel 12, um, and uh, and the piece got carried. Like we were in the Daily News. I was interviewed with a um, with a, a local manufacturer um, who um, who requested that we who said that oh, is this like a trend? People are styling their wigs like Sarah Palin. They had like that bump and the bangs and like the half pin back. We were making Sarah Palin wigs for for six months. Everybody wanted their wigs to look like Sarah Palin. Um, right? Like that's a wow, name you never thought you'd terrible. hear. That's a blast from the past, right? Yes. Um, oh my gosh. Right? I've done so many celebrity styles over the years. I can't say that I've um, I don't know, Michal, you tell me. Like who 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 do you think celebrity style right now? Like who stands out in your head as like the hair to do? I don't know. Um, I think I have to I think about know. that. I, one. I, I'm I'm thinking I'm also like racking my brain right now. I mean right? I the one thing not the one thing, but the, but I do like take the Kardashians, for example. Oh yeah, I okay, fine. Do. The whole double French braid thing, you know, and the faux hawk braid also we did for a while, you know, like that that um, French braid down the center that gets distressed, so it looks almost like a mohawk. So they're pretty. I mean, they they're pretty cool when it comes to when when it comes to yeah. hair and and fashion. But I so. think I think that wigs have become such a big thing right now that I mean, uh, you know. I um I actually I'll I'll confess I actually follow Cardi B on on Instagram just to see what color wig she'll be wearing today. Oh, totally. Because she because she wears a different color wig every day. One day it's red, one day it's black and 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 green. One day it's you know uh, she wears a different color wig every day. So um I I I often follow Cardi B just you know just to see what color wig she's wearing. Um actually one uh one manufacturer that um that I work with. Uh, recently put out a new style and a lot of times they'll create different styles named after certain uh, current celebrities and one of them just put out a wig that they're calling Cardi. That's, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's a riot, yes. It is not flashy at all. It's a Jewish um, manufacturer so it's a very conservative style but it has a lace part and so that's why they're calling it Cardi. <laughs> Super cool. Well, it's it's no, really funny. Whatever you know, wherever you get inspiration from, that's it's great. Right? It's great. So there was you... um there was one style called Posh back when Posh Spice and the Spice Girls were hot. You know, too funny. And you I know that Victoria love... Beckham like front angled bob. Oh yeah, definitely. yeah. That was that wig. That was that wig. <laughs> so, what would you say your goals are for the future? Oh well, so that's a very loaded question. I've tried to keep it very um, discreet for a while, um, but I think at this point it's pretty well known that my personal goals um, for my business and for my own 
um, for myself are uh, going to be much more education related for the near future. Um, I find that there are certain things that I've collected of knowledge, you know, um, over the past couple of years, specifically fitting um, the shapes of people's heads and um, and the different angles at which you can approach. Uh, customizing the cap and the foundation of a wig, and I find that this information is sorely lacking in the industry. Um, there's a trend now towards lace tops, lace fronts, and I find that a lot of the people who are selling them don't know enough about how they're actually made. And so I really want to spread that education because I really can't help everybody. Um, I take on too many clients. I become too busy. I become too overwhelmed. People start getting upset because they're not being seen in a timely fashion. They're not being they're not getting their repairs back in a timely fashion. They're not getting the right attention that they think they deserve for the price up for the price point of the product that I sell. And I think um, I think that I would be better serving the world of of the Jewish wig wearing community by educating other up and coming professionals and helping people get to the knowledge that took me 23 years to get to, helping people get there a little faster so that they can better serve their clientele. And this, I think, would serve my purpose also of not being able to solve everybody's wig wearing problems all at once by being having more people who I've taught and being able to give referrals to more people. So I can, instead of seeing everybody, I can teach more people and therefore send everybody to somebody valid. And, uh, and that's really my current goal. I, I'm actively working on, on uh, having several different forms of educational medium um, coming out for uh, for wig stylists everywhere, you know, accessible online for, for wig stylists in, in different countries, different states, you know, around the world. So uh, that's a very big goal of mine right now. And I'm, I'm, I'd like to say I'm very close to accomplishing it, but honestly, every time I think I'm really close, you know, one of the kids gets sick or something like that. And I realize that my, my, my role as a mommy is going to prevent me from doing things super fast, but I'm going to do it as fast as I can. I'm going to get it out there so that people can learn. And I do take one-on-one students. Um, and I think that that's also, you know, um, if I if I teach another shetelmacher, another stylist, how to do something properly, I'm, I'm you know, I'm laying in bed with my kids, but I'm helping three other people that are sitting in her chair right now, you know. And so I feel like I'm... I'm Spreading education is probably like my biggest goal right now. That is so amazing, and I mean, it's well, well, you know, it's like you're basically you're 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 giving back. That's basically what you're doing. I think I try always. I try always. I really do try to always give back, and and not just that. I don't even think you knew this about me when you even asked that question, you know. Um, and that's why and that's why I was so in love with these questions. Um, but but that's why, you know, like I, I try to do as many interviews as I can so that I can let people know that, you know, it's not just about prom- – I'm not here to promote myself, and I'm not here just to talk about fashion. I'm here to, to, to let people know that there's so much more information to be had and that, and that people should look for information. If you feel that your wig is sitting on your head wrong – 
then you should ask the questions and find the person who's going to solve the problem for you and who's going to find the person. You know, because it's all about networking. You know, who knows who is going to be the person who's going to hook you up with the person who learned from Gitzel and is going to fix it for you, you know, and that's, and that's what I'm trying to do. That's, you know, that's what I want people to know out there. That's, that's why I like talking about my business. That's why I, I love doing what I do because everybody deserves to know more to wear their wigs better. Yes. And I mean, watch out world. (laughs) Right. You are a woman on a mission. Thank you so much for, (laughs) Thank you. you know, just opening up our eyes and just sharing all your inspirations and uh, being real. Stop.